0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: What does motion sound like? With Kizik Han's free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome
0: to episode 117 of Take a Bell. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have another exciting episode for all of you this week, and I'm so excited to share it with you all. So... Our guest this week is going to be Samantha Polino, who currently is in Hamilton, who you may also know from Head Over Heels or Hot Feet as a Broadway baby, which, you know, I love to talk about. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, uh, she's currently in rehearsal for a brand new show that's premiering at the... MCC theater called Only Gold. So very exciting stuff. And we talk all about all the things. Uh, She also has a bunch of little other tidbits of her career that we'll get into. Uh, And I I love it all. And it's a great episode, lots to learn, lots to, to love about this episode. So I cannot wait to share it with you. But first, we got to talk about some Broadway news, shall we? This week, there hasn't been like a crazy amount of Broadway news like some weeks have, but there has been some some eye-catching moments that I've seen throughout this week for Broadway. For those of you who don't know, if you haven't heard about this yet, it's kind of a shock, or maybe you just don't have social media or don't really go on the internet a lot. But... There was a production of Hamilton performed a, in a church in in Texas in McAllen, Texas. And it was a completely unauthorized version of Hamilton. You know, it kind of reminds me of the whole Bridgerton fiasco that's happening. They didn't advertise it as the unauthorized Hamilton production or whatever. They kind of just said, "Hey, we're performing Hamilton tonight," and it was like super different, but like also all the same melodies it literally was like Hamilton and then they changed a few words here and there and it it was wild and uh there's a ton of videos of it it's actually it's it's hard to watch but it also at the same time is very entertaining so if you haven't seen it yet I I don't even know if I recommend giving it a watch because like I don't even want to encourage it but like it's fun stuff it's good stuff but even better and more of a reason of why just literally everyone falls in love with Hamilton. They, they didn't sue like Netflix did with Bridgerton, but uh, there, there have been damages done and they, they did have some copyright infringement that the church, I, I guess that they have to pay for the production company, I guess has to pay for it. So, they are donating all the damages that happened from that unlicensed performance to a Texas-based LGBTQIA plus advocacy group. Uh, Now, obviously this production did take place in Texas. So uh, it's cool that they're kind of giving back to that community, but like in a really good way in a really powerful way within that community. It's really, really special what they're doing. Uh, Shocker that a classy show like Hamilton and, the producers and creators such as Lynn manuel Miranda and Tommy Kail and all these wonderful people it, it decided to do that and donate all of that and just basically say, listen, we're making enough money off this production and the show. We, we don't need that money. We're going to donate it to further the LGBTQIA plus community in Texas and kind of really show our support for that community in that kind of environment that may be a little harsher than a place like here in new york city where i am it's definitely not as accepting there so it's great to see what they're doing i could go on and on about this for literally the entire episode but i'm gonna move on uh i have i saw okay i don't know what's going on with broadway lately but like there are rumors galore coming out and like i don't know if i like it it's um it's great and all, but like at the same time, it's like if it doesn't happen, it's kind of heartbreaking. And also it's just like, why? Like the production and like how Broadway works is so special because Nobody knows about anything, and everything is so secretive that once it happens, fans go crazy for it. Um, So the way that these things are working now is kind of bizarre, but I saw an eye-catching little tidbit this week in the news that Josh Groban and Annalie Ashford are set to lead the upcoming Sweeney Todd revival that is coming to the La Fontaine Theater, which I'm so excited for. Now, once again, this is a rumor. The article that I read did say that Sweeney Todd is not like officially like it, it's still in the works to come back to broadway i have it on good authority that this show will be a revival and it will be back on broadway in the 2023 season so that's happening the show is happening uh i don't know if josh groban again this is a rumor so josh groban and Annalie ashford are rumored to to lead it i think it'll happen uh but it once again they're still in the works of finding a theater and figuring that whole thing out and when you can open and all that. So they're not going to cast the show until they have those dates set so that they can tell their leading people what what dates they'll be working. Um, so that's what's going on right now. It's so bizarre. The past couple of weeks, I mean, all of this information is being leaked and like rumored and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. And it's kind of like, odd that like all of a sudden literally within the past couple weeks we're like seeing headlines of rumors and I'm just like that's not how news works um anyways th- I'm, I'm I'm getting a little too biased here um uh, more biased than I usually like to my intro and outro but I needed to say my piece okay um and I'm so excited that uh Sweeney Todd is in fact coming back to Broadway uh when and where we'll find out but uh very exciting stuff nonetheless and I'll keep you all posted when I hear more about it and kind of for sure things that uh the news is kind of broken speaking of news being broken i'm so excited that uh it's finally come out that ethan slater is going to be playing bach in the upcoming wicked movie ethan slater is a take about fam a family member here at take about so i'm so excited for him this role is literally perfect for him i didn't realize it was something i needed it's like one of those things i have a lot of those but like him being casted in that makes so much sense and with this cast i just feel like it's just going to be like so unbelievable his his talent and his voice is just unbelievable so uh huge congratulations to ethan slater so thrilled we have some take about family members in the upcoming wicked movie this has I, i i've kind of heard about this for quite some times but i'm so excited that it's finally come out and i can actually like talk about it so huge congrats ethan so happy for you and hopefully we'll have him back on once he's done with filming and we can kind of talk about that process it's so exciting seriously uh this wicked movie is gonna be so good i'm i'm really excited for it but it sucks that we have to wait till next christmas but hey all good things are worth the wait that's not the saying but we're gonna make it to saying um, okay that's kind of like all of the major news that I I had seen this week that was like worth sharing. There's there's a couple things like New York, New York, which is a musical adaptation that uh, John Kander from Kander and Ebb and Lin Manuel Miranda are writing uh, that's coming to Broadway and that's being directed by Susan Stroman. K-pop did a really cool thing where for just yesterday, actually Thursday, August twenty fifth, when I usually release, they did something special where they had $19 tickets to honor the 19 performers making their Broadway debut in the show, which I thought was so awesome and so, so great. And they did that literally for that day. They had a limited amount of tickets. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they only had like 19 tickets because of like, they were keeping with that theme. So you were able to see like the first preview of the show uh, for $19. Or I I think it was any preview. You could choose any preview. Uh, But a lot of the people that I saw that were able to get tickets for that day, if you went to the box office, You got a $19 ticket. You were able to pick any preview performance. A lot of them picked the first preview, which is why wouldn't you? I mean, it's their first show. It's so cool to be there for that. So yeah, there's been like other things going on. And I I wanted to highlight those fun things because it's worth it. But you know what else is worth it? Listening to this upcoming interview that I have with Samantha Polino, I'm so excited to bring it to you all. So without further ado, let's turn it over to Samantha Polino. Samantha Polino, curtain up. This week's guest is coming fresh off of her birthday on Tuesday. So, everyone go wish her a happy belated birthday, first of all. Uh, literally, stop listening to the episode and just go wish her a happy birthday. Uh, anyways, not only is she coming off of a birthday celebration, she is also coming directly out of rehearsal for her brand new show, Only Gold, premiering at the MCC Theater off Broadway. And she just finished a stint of performances in the Broadway production of Hamilton. She's a busy woman, everyone. Everyone, welcome to take. About Samantha Polino. Hello, hi. <laughs> oh my goodness! Busy, busy. All the oh my things. God. So you many just... things going on.
1: You made me sound so exciting.
2: <laughs> oh my God, you're,
0: you're the coolest. I'm so excited to have you on this week and, and chat about all the fun things that you've been up to. I mean, you've got so many great things going on. So oh, thank kudos you. to you. And thanks for coming on here. Um, cool. So the way I usually like to start my episodes is starting at the beginning um, and kind of asking each performer what inspired them to get in the industry what kind of wanted to make you become a performer a storyteller all the things
1: yeah um so i actually started i started in this industry really young um i made my broadway debut when i was 11. Mm -hmm. um but the way that i got into all of that was you know i was like three years old and my parents signed me up at like the local rec center for like oh just
2: God.
1: dance class. Like they were like, this girl needs something to do with her time. And I wasn't really showing much interest with like sports or anything. So sure. they were like, maybe she like to dance. Like she dances around the house all the time. So I went and I started dancing and <sighs> had a knack for it. And I, I was an am like, generally speaking, very shy. Mm. Um, To the point where, like, when I would be, like, learning routines, I, like, didn't want to perform them because I was so scared. But then once I was on stage, I was fine. And I was, like, 5,000%. And my mom was, like, okay, so she's good at it. And she also, like, this is a way to, like, bring her out of her shell a little bit. So when I was six, I started competing, like, doing (laughs) dance compositions. Um, And I... Was at a dance competition when I was, I think, eight, and sure. an agent from New York scouted me at wow. the competition and was like, "Have you ever done musical theater? Like, you have very good stage presence. Do you sing?" And I was like, "I don't know what any of this
0: is." <laughs> like. Right.
1: You know, but I, I, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, so it's like three four hours away from the city yeah. and this agent her name's nancy carson and she's still oh, a of huge agent in the industry was like look if you want to like take voice lessons and you want to do this i think you'd be great at it and i was like
2: Aww.
1: okay so i started i signed with her and started auditioning and i literally i could not sing i mean like Stop i it. i mean i i I, w- I probably wasn't as bad as I now say that I was, but, <laughs> but I was also like a dancer and like dancers always have a complex about singing. So mm-hmm. I just like, there was a lot, there was like, it was a lot. Anyway,
2: yeah,
1: auditioned for some new show. Like I knew nothing about it. Um, yeah. and it was like, it's a workshop and I didn't know what, I didn't know what any of this meant. So I went, I auditioned for this workshop and I got it. I ended up getting it. And like, it was uh, Maurice Hines, Gregory Hines' brother was running the audition and it, it was his show. And like, there was no singing, it was just dancing. Like it was just, I, I danced, we danced for hours um, wow. at Alvin Ailey on 55th street.
0: Oh my God.
1: And I got, I got the role. I like didn't know what any of it meant. And I just like showed up to rehearsal in summer of 20, 2005 mm. um, and just got thrown into a musical. Yeah. I just had, I like, but, um, but that was, that was my, my first taste of the industry. Really. That's Before that, I like crazy. played chip and beauty and the beast, at like a community theater, you know, things like that. But, but this was kind of like, I had no idea what was going on. And Nancy was like, you should do it. So yeah, I did this workshop. And then that was in the summer of 2005 in like late 2005, early 2006. I got a call that was like, Hey, so the show's going to Broadway. Yeah. Um, would you like to do it? And (laughs) so I did that. And actually funny, the funny thing, which kind of like I'm now learning is like what has like shaped me as a performer. I didn't realize it at the time when the show went to Broadway, it was called hot feet by the way. Mm -hmm. And it was, it didn't run for very long, but some of the best dancers in the world were in this show. Um,
2: Oh,
1: I was cast as the understudy for the role that I had created
2: Uh, And there was
1: no real like legitimate rhyme or reason for it. I think it was just a situation like they were like, you didn't do anything wrong. We just want to like try something else out. Would you like to be an understudy? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, of course, of course I want to be involved. So um, I went through the whole rehearsal process, kind of sitting and watching everything. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And we were doing an out of town run in Washington, DC before we went to Broadway. And, we went to the national theater in DC for tech rehearsal and I was sitting in the house and they were like, can we get all the principals up on stage? And, um, the girl that had been cast went up on stage and over the God mic, they were like, no, we need, we need Sam up on stage. Oh. And basically what had happened was the role had been switched back.
0: Oh, wow. But
1: nobody nobody told me. (laughs) So I showed up and I like hadn't rehearsed, I mean, like, I I had rehearsed, but, like, I hadn't been, like, used in rehearsal. Yeah. And I was, like, thrown right into it. And then I ended up having the role that I had created. uh, It was switched back so that the other girl was the understudy. And I was, like, the one who was, like, the the full-time part, I guess. Sure. Um, But it was funny because, like, at the time I was like, wow, what a funny thing. And now, like, I feel like my adult career – pretty much now it has like been about understudy understudying swinging yeah taking on things like that like that's been like the last four-ish years of my life as like an adult performer so that was right. where i started and then like if we like fast forward <laughs> now yeah now Go like that's it. like that's all i do
0: <laughs> uh, it's crazy right full circle moment yeah um, yeah but that's cool i i can't believe that it's like kudos for first of all for you and your family uh being able to like you know just come to new york for a, a broadway run or a workshop for a couple weeks bring from maryland i can't imagine at like 11 years old and like being a dancer like when i moved to new york when i was 11 like I'm not a dancer, so I had no clue what Alvin Ailey was. So, like, I can't imagine being 11 years old as a dancer and, like, being asked to, you know, go dance at Alvin Ailey. You know, I bet that was such a cool experience, right?
1: It was cool. And I have I have the most supportive family in the world. Um, yeah. Like, both of my parents... I mean, it's, I mean, like my dad, like always held the fort down at home and my mom was like, I'll take her wherever she needs to go. Um, um. And, you know, like the, the, the literal rule was that I had to do well in school. Yeah. And if I did well in school, I could do anything that I wanted to like they, yep. you know, and it was it was as long as I have good grades and I'm like excelling in my academics. I don't see why she can't go to this dance convention. I don't see why she can't go to New York and take dance class. And my parents oh. were really, they really stuck to that, which was really awesome.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool, yeah. though. What a cool story. Um, and then just like how everything came to be. I mean, you're, you're, on Broadway as an 11, 12 year old. I mean, that, that doesn't happen. And I always say you can't be like a Broadway baby without a uh, amazingly supportive family. Uh, So yeah, that's so cool. Talk to me about like what it was like the first time you took your like Broadway bow.
1: Yeah. um, So what was, what was so special about that experience was that the out of town Run of the show. We had already this, the Broadway theater was already secured. They just wanted mm-hmm. to get word. I mean, it's it's what most shows do. They do an out of town run or tryout. Um, this one was in DC, and I'm from mm-hmm. Maryland, so like, yeah, I everyone that I've ever known <laughs> yeah. came down to Washington DC and saw the show, and oh. that was really awesome. But the, you know, it, the show was such a dance show. Mm-hmm. I didn't sing. I also was a principal. But when I say principal, I mean like I did a couple scenes and then I danced at the end. Like, it it wasn't. I wasn't in the ensemble. I wasn't like. It was. It was a yes. It was. It was a dance show. So the plot was kind of loose. Mm -hmm. There was a plot, but it was kind of loose. (laughs) Like, like it was. It was a different experience. It felt um, different than what I would say. Like making a musical, any other show feels like. Just it was different, but. Going out on a Broadway stage, we were at uh, what's now the Lyric Theater. At the time, it was the Hilton Theater. This was in mm. 2006. The first time I, like, stepped out on stage and there were people in the audience. Like, it's so cliche. But there I was just, like, because there was still, like, this little girl in me that was, like, really shy
2: and had right. a really hard
1: time, like, opening up. But But the second I was on stage and there were lights on me, I was fine. And it was just really special to feel that not in a dance recital or competition like like you know i was i was experiencing that like in the midst of another world on stage and i felt sure. really i just i was like that was the moment that i was like okay yeah i like i wasn't really sure what this was i still don't really know a lot of this but i i have to do this for the rest of my life and oh. like I mean, like give or take, like a couple hard days where I'm like, I'm done. Like that, yeah. that feeling, that feeling has <laughs> remained constant. Yeah, Six, sixteen years later.
2: Oh my
0: god, you've been <laughs> in each for sixteen years. That's crazy. Yes. good yes. for you. Yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's a feat. Yeah, a couple
1: um, little breaks here and there, but you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hey, we need it. We gotta treat ourselves every once in a while, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Well, you mentioned like fast forward like today and you you do the whole swinging and everything now for the past few few years, four years, you said, right? Yeah. Um, You are a – I don't know. Are you still a universal swing for Hamilton?
1: No. I played my last show – A couple weeks ago because i'm full-time doing only gold now oh
0: my god amazing yes um i can't imagine okay let's get into it i can't imagine being (laughs) a universal swing period let alone in a show such as hamilton um for those of you listening uh universal swing is like It's actually the hardest working performer in a company because, like, if you thought swinging was tough, it's this is literally swinging on steroids because you have to know, like, all the productions. And all the productions kind of vary in in the slightest ways, but it's also, like, those slight adjustments are major to uh your cast members on the stage to set pieces so for everybody's safety the slightest changes are major um so you basically uh you've you've had a long history with hamilton you've been in several productions um you you just finished a stint in broadway uh talk to me about your relationship with hamilton how it kind of started and then what it's been like doing this universal swing thing and kind of being readily available when they need you.
1: Sure. So, like, long story long. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I fell in love with musical theater, and I after after Hot Feet closed, I moved back home, and I would come back and I would audition for things. Okay. But and I and I got to th- I got to finals for everything and then I got nothing. And, yep. and at the end of the day, the short change was that my vocals just weren't there. Um, oh, I had great stage presence. I was a great storyteller. I I, ha- I was like such a charismatic, hardworking dancer, but like at the end of the day, there, were, there was always, and all of the girls that always beat me out for all of the roles are still friends of mine today, but there was always uh-huh. somebody that just had a little bit more of a vocal gift. And training than I did. And so I went to a performing arts high school in Baltimore, Maryland. um, And I on a whim auditioned for the vocal department Oh, because I was like, I have to get over this. Like I I need to make sure that there's that I can let, I, I need that to be like a stronger foundation for me so that the next time I go in for something, that's not what's holding me back. So I, I got in and I studied opera and vocal oh. performance in high school. God. And then th- I knew that I wanted to go to college for musical theater. Also like, I wouldn't change any of it. I was just talking about this yesterday. I wouldn't change any of my childhood. It was amazing. Oh. But I also like didn't really have a traditional childhood. yeah <laughs> and, and going to a performing arts high school, I never went to homecoming. I missed yep. out, like all of those things were thing, I never really had that experience. So I was like, okay, I want to go to school for musical theater, but I want to go somewhere that gives me cons- four years of consistency and gives me the chance to do those things in some capacity. So I went to school in Cincinnati. I went to CCM. I was yeah. lucky, and they were they were gracious enough to accept me because I was an absolute mess when I auditioned. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. Stop I think it. I s- I was just so like unprepared. <laughs> but they, but they saw something in me and they let me in. Um, it's so I went taint. there. Yeah. I went there, had a great time. I loved my time there. Mm-hmm. I did everything that I could. I was just like a sponge. Uh, I took everything in. Yeah. Moved to New York in 2016 when I graduated and, <laughs> uh, every agent meeting after my senior showcase, they were, you know, one of the general questions is like, what shows are running on Broadway right now that you see yourself in? And I was like, Hamilton. Like, I, I, Hamilton and Wicked. I was like, those are the shows that I can, I can dance and I can sing. And if you get me in the room, I will get, I will book them. Mm. Very, uh, really ambitious of me, but I would, but uh, funny enough, most agencies were kind of hesitant when I said Hamilton, Uh, mostly probably because when I did my senior showcase, in college i sang two golden age songs and uh, did like uh, i did i sang i'm a brass band from sweet charity and did like a fossy dance break so they were like what does this girl oh. think she's what does this girl think she's doing like hamilton is like a hip hop show like right okay great so
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a seventy-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Haha, in my dentist's office.
1: a direct message on Instagram oh. from Michael Balderrama, who was in Hot Feet with me, um, and is one of the most major, big like he's a huge deal, but also the w- most wonderful human. He's worked with everyone. He was in In the Heights. He was in Moving mm. Out. He was in Hot Feet. Um, yes, he has worked with Michael Jackson. He's the associate on MJ. He's like oh, he wow. is. He's literally. A huge deal um direct messaged me on instagram i hadn't seen him in like 12 years and he was like are you in new york do you still dance would you like to come audition for hamilton wow and he was like i can get you in it's gonna be like an invited call but there are going to be like hundreds of people there
0: so this is like with no agent or anything
1: no i had just signed with a new i had just signed with a new agent i um when i was like growing up i kind of I was like freelancing with one agency and I still had Nancy. And then there kind of came a point when I graduated from college where I was like, I'm going to start with someone new um, just because I'm an adult and I right. want to be seen that way. And I had signed with my agents who I'm still with and I love them very much. And I was like, Hey, uh, I think you might get a, a heads up. Like, I just, I think I'm going to get an audition for Hamilton um, through this connection that I have because of hot feet. <laughs> like, yeah. um, And long story short, he got me in. I went and auditioned. There were hundreds of people in the room. <laughs> and uh, I, st- I got a call back. I went back and did the second combination. And then I was getting drinks with my roommate at the time. And she got a call back email and I did not get one.
2: Oh, I was wow. like,
1: okay, I guess I didn't get it. Like bummed, but whatever. Two days later, I get a final call back email. Um <laughs> And I was like, that was when I was like, okay. And like anyone who you talk to who has ever been in Hamilton, like everyone's journeys getting to the show are just so different. Yeah. Um, And that was mine. And so I, I, it just, I happened to be in the right place at the right time and Mm -hmm. vocally and like type wise with my, like the way that I dance and perform, I fit one of the tracks that they were looking for, for the original Chicago production. So I got cast in that. I moved to Chicago Lived in (laughs) Chicago for a year and a half, did the show there. And then, you know, I kind of got to the point where I I love the show. Like, I think the show is just the best. Um, But I did kind of get to the point where I was like, I want to go home. I want to do something new. At the time, uh, I had gotten an audition for Head Over Heels on Broadway.
2: Yes.
1: Which I ended up getting. Um, And I was very much hired to cover. I was hired to understudy.
0: For Head Over Heels?
1: Yes, yes oh, okay. So I was like in the ensemble there were four dancers in the wow. there were four, four and four yeah. like four male identifying, four female identifying. I was one of the four, but also like they were like, you know you are you are here to cover Philoclea, the young princess. And I was like, so okay great. Good. So I left Hamilton, moved back to New York and did head over heels. <laughs> um, and then I went on for my understudy track on the second preview.
0: Oh my god.
1: Uh, so it was just like,
0: <laughs> no, I bet no rehearsal. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, like we had had a couple understudy oh, rehearsals, good. but, um, but yeah. And, and, um, yeah, I crazy, I went on and, and that, again, I was just like, you know, there was something in me. I was like, I'm not going to not know this. I'm going to yeah. be ready. Cause, cause things like this have happened to me before. Like, I'm just going to be ready. <laughs> um, and then when head over heels posted their closing notice, I was filming Fosse Verdon with the Hamilton team and they knew that the show was closing and so they offered for me to go on the Philip tour because there was a track opening up so I went on tour um, which is where I met Tyler McKenzie and Phil Colgan who are also two Hamilton Universal swings but they started on the Philip tour or like you know I guess like Tyler had been on Broadway but he started the Philip tour they were there together I was on the Philip tour for a year and then COVID happened. Um, Uh, And then we shut down and then I went back to the Philip tour in the relaunch. But I was like, I love this show and I want to go back, but I think I'm going to leave after six months just because I want to add more skills to my skill set. And I want to, I also want to be back home in New York. Yeah. So... I signed for six months. Went back, and right when my contract was ending, um, Stephanie Clemens, who is like the boss of Hamilton, she's um, Andy's, Andy's associate on the show, um, mm. was like wanted to gauge your te- like your interest on like Universal swinging. I had I had expressed interest in swinging Hamilton before, and she was like. You know, it bases you in New York, but you will be traveling. But like, if you're interested in that, let me know. And I was like, you know what? I would love to. Like, you wow. know, sw- swinging, swinging isn't for everyone, and universal swinging is not for everyone. But I was like, <laughs> the the bet I've never, I had never swung a show before, and I was like, let me start with a show that I'm really comfortable with and that I know. Yep. And
0: and love. Right?
1: Yes. And at the end yeah. of the day, if I don't like it, I can leave. But but like I'm not gonna know if I don't if I don't say yes. So I became a universal swing. That was in March of twenty twenty two, this year. Jesus. Oh Um, and I since then have performed with all four companies of Hamilton.
0: (laughs) In the United States, right?
1: Yes. And yeah, yeah. I've been all over the place. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Insane.
1: Yes. Are yeah. you like and the only
0: one, or no? All, is it just like craziness for the
1: No, there's there is a crew of us. Um, oh my
0: god. No, like, are you the only one that did all four productions?
1: Uh, no. 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 Okay. There have been other people that have gone everywhere. Wow. Um, I started at the Philip tour, which is where I was full time, and then I went wow. to the Angelica tour, and then I went to the Anne Peggy tour, and then I went back to the Angelica <gasps> tour. And then I went back to the Philip tour and then I came to Broadway.
0: (laughs) What a way to finish your journey though with the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I actually, I liked the job so much, (laughs) so much more than I thought I was going to. I don't mean that I thought I was going to hate it,
2: but
1: especially being a universal swing in the time of COVID, Mm. any swing, any vacation swing, standby, understudy, like in this pandemic world is just like there's literally nothing that's off the table when Mm -hmm. it comes to like what could happen. And I was just like, I'm really taking on this job in like a crazy era. Um, but I actually, I loved it. Um, I learned a lot and I'm still learning a lot and I got to perform with so many different people.
2: Yeah, I got to go
1: to so many cool places. And then, um, I had signed my contract through the end of December, But then I ended up getting an offer to do Only Gold, to swing Only Gold. Right. And I was like, you know, I love Hamilton, but it would be a lie if I said that I didn't want to go create something new Mm. with Andy Blankenbuehler, you know, and Kate Nash and Tom Kitt. And, you know, like, it's just like the, the room and the, the creatives and the designers are just like so major. And I was like, you know, I, it doesn't take away from my experience in Hamilton, but I was, I was like, I, I do think I need to go do this. Yeah. And Hamilton was like, yes, you do need to go do it. And so they wow. let me out to go do it. So, and you know, so I played my last performance as a universal swing in Hamilton On August fourteenth, and that last week, I was doing rehearsals for Only Gold during the day and Hamilton at nights. And now I'm just doing all Only Gold all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I'm curious with Hamilton, like when when you were at your senior showcase, and you were like, okay, the the Hamilton, the style of the show is like a dream of mine. Is it kind of like? Andy uh choreography like because now that you're like going into Only Gold is that kind of like your style of dance that you're just so comfortable with which kind of attracted you to the show
1: kind of I you know I grew up as a competition and convention dancer and and like you know I, I always had a knack for like contemporary and hip-hop movement I'll be the first person to say that I am not technically like you don't you don't need to ask me to do like fouette turns and like gorgeous tilts. Like that's not my bread and butter. My bread and butter is like musicality. I also think that because I studied music so intensely for so long, I can hear music very well. And like with a choreographer, like Andy who like everything that he creates is in the DNA of the music. It's, it's on all of the layers. It's on all of the accents. I think that I do well with that kind of movement for that reason. Um, Interesting. And so, yeah, I mean, like, I, to overgeneralize it, people would say that Hamilton is a hip hop show, but there's every genre of dance, every style of dance is in Hamilton. There's swing dancing, there's Fosse esque, you totally. know, dancing, there's hip hop, there's stepping, there's popping, there's, there's everything. And, and, um, I do think that I'm good at, I do think I, not even I'm good at it. I I really like taking on Andy's movement because it's really hard. (laughs) And then there's never going to be a day where I'm going to do something and be like, I nailed that. And it's never going to get better. (laughs) Which is why I think so many people stay in shows. I mean, of course, like how many times in your life do you get to say like, I've been in this show for so long, you know, like, but you don't ever really master his stuff. You can never get bored. There's always something that you can be better at. Um, And I like, I think I'm drawn to working with him because I feel that way. I feel like I'm always, I'm just like constantly learning. Yeah. Um, And I say this after I spent uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. in a room with him today, (laughs) just like learning a brand new show of his that's never been done full production before. But it it truly is like, I mean, he's brilliant the mm-hmm. people that he's, he also like surrounds himself with associates and dancers that he trusts. And sure. so like the room is just buzzing and there's so much to take out of that. Um, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. So cool. Um It's interesting that you mentioned like the whole like fuertes and the tilt and everything because that kind of reminded me of the style of head over heels dancing. Um, yes. And, yes. and head over heels is is. Why I know you, like what kind of introduced me to you, I loved head over heels. Okay. I saw it with um my school, actually. We like went on like a field trip and we had like a talk back afterwards too and everything. Like, so it it, like put all of you, like you and Bertolino and um who else was it? Was it Justin Prescott? Was was Justin he Justin
1: Prescott? Ari yes. Hoover? Um, yes.
0: Oh my god! Uh, like
1: yeah, it was. It was a really fantastic, fantastic cast of people. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and like it seemed like all of you. I mean, I mean, you had already been on Broadway and everything, but like you guys were like younger performers in the industry that like. I don't know, like, it it felt like, to me, like, you're, like, coming out party, because now all of you, like, are starring in all these shows, you know, like, Hamilton, Funny Girl, uh, Tina, and, like, there's all these great, great things going on for all that cast, you know, that cast was just so talented. Um, But, yeah, I I, I loved Head Over Heels, and, and I just had to talk to you about the show. Like, how long were you in the show? Were you in the show from, like, the beginning? Did you come during the Broadway production how, what was uh, that process?
1: I had heard a lot about Head Over Heels. Like, you know, they were doing labs, they were doing readings. Um, uh-huh. The show has a long history. I was not a part of it okay. um, until the, the Broadway production, which, you know, I joined it in early 2018. So I did the show in San Francisco and then right. I did it on Broadway. I had known Spencer Liff, mm-hmm. um, I met him doing Broadway Dreams Foundation when I was, like, 17 years old. And he was like, you sing really well and you sing classically, which I do because I studied voice for such a long time. Uh, And this this princess that we need someone in the ensemble to understudy sings opera, like, for, like, a couple bars at the end (laughs) of her song. And we need somebody who can do that. And I was like, I'll audition. So I flew in. And, like, yeah, you know, that show – was super technical. Yeah. Um, I really, you know, I, I did it, I did it. it. It was way out of my comfort zone. And it was a really? really good, it was a really good practice of like vulnerability for me. You know, like I can whack my leg up in the air, but like, it, it's not, I wouldn't say that's my specialty. Yeah. Um, but you know, like Spencer also casts people that he really trusts. And I was able to create a lot of what my track did in that production. So, like, right. there were moments where, like, you know, Tanya and Amber were like tilting on the staircase, and <laughs> I was like waving my arms or doing something a little like, or like bobbing or doing something <laughs> else because, like. I wasn't replace because I wasn't replacing somebody. Like there were parts where we all had to do the same thing, but there were also parts where like, I could be like, I think I'm actually going to do this instead. And he liked it because he trusted us. So, right. um, but that show was, I mean, like some of the best times of my life were spent with that cast doing oh. that show. Um, we had such a great time. Uh, yeah. yeah. We just like, <laughs> It was, it was so fun and like the show was fun. It was hard. It was fun.
0: Well, it's like in the rehearsal process, like it's so, it's such a unique show with like, you know, having a show already having the the music kind of there and in place from the go-go's and then kind of like creating the story around that, like, I just feel like the, the rehearsal process of that must've been like crazy and kind of always shifting to make sure that the, the story kind of flowed with the music and it all kind of made sense. Like it was so cool the way that you guys were able to, to really pull it all together.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the team. Like, I mean, yeah. that we, cause there were some things that were set and then there were some things that were like, we're going to have to figure this out. And like, you know, there were some songs that like Tom Kitt rearranged, like, mm-hmm multiple times to make work or, you know, the, the, the transitions were like, what, what do we use? What's the underscoring of this? How do we do this? Does this dance break need to be here? Does this song need to be this, you know? Um, yeah. but they, the Michael Mayer and Spencer and Tom and Kim, our music director, Kimberly Grigsby, like they, like, they had it down they really figured it out. I think I thought it, and also Bonnie Milligan, who's a legend.
0: Legend.
1: Is the only person who had been with the production since the beginning at Oregon Shakespeare Festival. So like when there was ever a doubt of what to do, Bonnie's voice was trusted (laughs) because she was, she was like, I watched the show get created. The show was written for her. Um, And she was still there and she was so passionate about it and took such good care of it that like between those people, and then also the rest of the cast which was just brilliant like things yeah. kind of things kind of made their way to the stage
0: oh my god i mean it was so special you could see that like on the stage like how yeah. how cool and like how talented everyone kind of, everyone was and just like i don't know how how much of a collaborative piece that really was to, yeah. to really pull together. I mean, that, it was not an easy feat. Uh, no. Like, you literally try to explain someone, like, the, the whole idea around it of, like, the plot and then the <laughs> Go-Go's music. It's like, what are they, what are you talking about? Like, it's crazy. It's like one of those, like, when you say it, it's like, oh my god, someone totally had this thought process when they were, like, hi at, at, like, 3 a.m. kind of yes. thing. Like, you know? Absolutely. Like, it's crazy. Absolutely.
1: But it, but it, it, it does work. It just, yes. like, it was like you there, totally was a, there was a lot left. going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It,
0: but it was it was so so cool to see see like it all together and just the final project. <laughs> you guys are awesome in the show. I love. Oh, it.
1: thank you. Oh my thank god, you.
0: of course. Um, so yeah, so I want to talk to you about now only gold, uh, which yes. is what you're currently working on. I mean, I don't know i don't know how much you can talk about it i don't want to i don't want you to spoil anything are you able to say like what the show is about and kind of like give a little tease for those listening and get everyone excited about it
1: absolutely yeah so andy has been andy and kate nash have been working on this show for like 12 years Mm -hmm. um andy found kate's music and was like i see a show and like i if someone is listening to this and they, and I'm wrong, they can, they can correct me, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure Andy like emailed Kate Nash and was like, I want to write a musical with your music. And like, I think there's something really special here. And I know that the actual plot of the story has shifted and changed a lot, but where we are at right now is, um, there is a Royal family that is coming to Paris um, because their daughter has an arranged marriage. And they get to Paris. They kind of like smack dab coincide with this like watchmaker and his wife who are also like going through their real human marriage and relationship and human lives. And all of them kind of, you know, n- are navigating what they want. They're navigating their relationships. They're navigating what they need. And they all kind of weave and intermix with each other. Mm. Um and 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 with that, it's all of the music of Kate Nash. So it's like, you know, songs that a lot of us grew up listening to are in the show. But she's also written a bunch of brand new music for the show. So oh, it, nice! It's and and you know, there was a time I think in the conception of it where it was a ballet or like a full dance piece. And now it's kind of find, like it's found its way to like it is a musical, but the dancing is like nonstop. And then there are also like people singing and people are rapping and, and it's this, it's a very like a, it kind of, we're sitting in the world of Paris in like 1928. Yeah. But the idea is that the story could fit through the lens of any time period. Um, Because like, you know, Andy creates work about human beings with human problems and human wants. And like, the hope is that you can look at, like, a royal family. You can look at a queen or a king and see yourself in them in some way. Oh, um, wow. So that's the show. Um, and the cast is, like...
0: <laughs> so good.
1: I mean, Terrence Mann is the king.
0: Terry um, Mann! Oh, my God. I was in Pippin and Fighting Neverland with Terry, and he's literally one of my favorite people in the entire world. He is an angel. He's oh an angel. Oh, my God. He's um, a legend.
1: And then you, ha- I mean, there's like the entire company of people is like, I remember when I got the, the cast face page, like I kind of just stared at it for a <laughs> while because I was like, yeah. How did I get in here? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it, there, there are so many people working on this show that I like completely respect with everything at, that I have. And, you know, we're all just kind of now like in a room from 10 to seven every day, like figuring out this show together. Yeah. Um, but it's been awesome. And Tom Kitt is doing the vocal arrangements. <laughs> so after not seeing mm-hmm. him since head over heels, like it's nice to be back in a room with him. This is my first time creating something new with Andy. Cause mm-hmm. I've worked with Andy on Hamilton for such a long time. And even on Fosse, Vernon, like we were very much kind of like recreating or even reimagining, but recreating a lot of Fosse's iconic stuff. So like getting to be in the room while he figures something out is just like an experience that I'm really thankful that I'm getting. Um, and, and Kate Nash is not only one of the most brilliant songwriters ever, but she's also the loveliest human alive. Like she, she's just great and she's so talented and wonderful. Um, So it's been a whirlwind. Like I literally come home and sit on my iPad every night, just like reviewing tracks Yeah, Uh, and I go to sleep exhausted, but I love it. And it's, it's really, it's really awesome. And I, I'm very excited for the show to be put up and for people to be able to see it.
0: Yeah, well, I am so excited about this. I know a lot of the people that like listen to this podcast are excited about it too, because like yeah. we've had Hannah Cruz on. Uh, oh I my think about god! Terry all the time, yeah. Like Thane, uh, Bradley Dean. Like I, we we yes. know a lot of people in this show that didn't that weren't on it when the cast, uh, or after the cast was announced. Uh, so I was like, I have to get someone on. I know everyone is excited to, to, for the show. So, uh, I was like, so excited that you were able to come on to talk a little bit about it. I'm so excited for it. Uh, it's awesome. I have to, I have to ask you, I mean, now that you're like an adult, and you really, you're, you're a veteran in the industry. Like you, you've done multiple Broadway shows, you're creating works, you're, you've done TV and film. Um, and, and then of course you you were a Broadway performer and a Broadway baby, you know, as they say. Um, I'm curious, is there anything that, uh, you could say to either your younger self or someone who's young in the industry that, uh, you didn't, that you may not have known uh, until like now that you're an adult in the industry and that you wish you would have known when you were a child performer in the industry?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still learning this, but, um, (laughs) but like it's, I don't mean it in the most extreme sense, but like it's not, worth your time it's not worth your time to try to force yourself to fit into boxes that Mm. you don't fit into um like and i also feel like that goes with me i've i've been so lucky to work so much but i've also like never wanted to stop working and so if that means like you know i've gotten auditions for things that like would be amazing but like it's not my it's not my bread and butter it's not my juice Mm. And then I go in for the auditions And they don't go well And it's not because I'm not talented It's just because that's not what I'm supposed to be doing And that doesn't mean that I'm not talented It doesn't mean that I need to like the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and
2: play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba.
1: Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, go change who I am as a performer to fit a mold of a show or a piece. It just means that like there's something else. Like, you know, I, I am not an overly technical dancer. I will probably never be dancing on point in a Broadway show. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that I need to stop taking ballet classes. I'll still train, but like, instead of me like beating myself up over the fact that like, I didn't do well in audition, I could be focusing on another project that I'm absolutely perfect for. And, and I think that there's like, you know, finding that, finding that happy medium is really important um and i'm still working on it because you know of course like as performers and as people in this industry we want to do everything we can but and and that is so true and amazing but also like put your time and energy and effort into things that are right for you because there's always something that's right for you and like what is meant for you truly will find its way to you like yeah. And it sounds so like, ugh, like cliche and annoying, but it's true. I think it is true ever. And like, you know, I, you, you waste a lot of time when you start trying to jam yourself into places that are just not necessarily meant for you.
0: Right. And, and I think that, that that goes hand in hand with really understanding your craft and kind yeah. of knowing who you are as a performer and what you are as a performer. Like, I'm someone that like now I have to relearn because my voice changed. I have to relearn who I am as a performer and what my strengths are and all of that. So really it kind of goes with, you know, identify that for yourself and then be able to to kind of capitalize on your strengths. um, But like also like acknowledge your strengths and know what, you know. Walk into a room that you're going to be comfortable in, and not, yeah. um, and that you feel like you belong there. Instead of like, oh, I, I don't feel like I belong here, so I, I'm going to be like shy and in the corner, and maybe not offers I'll offer all my talents the way that I usually could if I did feel confident in this room. and yeah. all of that. Yeah, um,
1: two things. I like just because I this is something I talk about for hours, but like you know, I <laughs> also like your strengths are always changing. So yeah. like you know, acknowledging that as a human, you're never fully formed, Mm. you're malleable. And and like, you know, and that's to say like, you know, I, in, in like 10 years, I'm probably going to want to sing more and dance less and that's okay. And that, and that I will work on that and, and make sure that I feel really good about that. But also like, you know, when listening to you talk about that kind of stuff makes me think of Ellery Ward, who is the, Principal standby of Only Gold, who a lot of people know, because she has openly spoken about the fact that, like, she's auditioned and auditioned and auditioned and not gotten anything. And she, like, doesn't really feel like she fits in anywhere. Mm -hmm. So she made an album of acoustic Sondheim covers. And she like has blown up and <laughs> went, like, has been on tour with Josh Groban and like people are oh obsessed God. with her album album. And now she is Kate Nash's standby in only gold. She like, you know, she was like, I stopped trying to force myself into places that aren't, that aren't really me. And I just created my own thing. And now I'm in a show that is perfect for me. Yeah. Um, And I like, you know, you should have her on this podcast because she's just fantastic. Um, But she, yeah, like she just, she was like, okay, I'm gonna make my own journey then. And like, it ended up working out perfectly for her because she knew herself,
0: you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely have to get her on, that's sick. Thank you for for sharing that, first of all, no, I of course. know that, that that could be like a, a tricky or vulnerable question. Uh, so I appreciate you kind of like going there with me because I love to have this kind of conversation because like, I feel like every day I wake up and I'm like finding something new. Like you said, like we are, you know, we're constantly learning, constantly shifting. And so we, we can have time to reflect and be like, oh my God, like, I wish I knew that. Yeah, yesterday, even like yeah. literally, like you, you know, you always learn. You're always learning. Um, so, hundred percent for anyone listening, take that. I know it can be tricky, but like, it it, it is helpful in in the short term in the long run all the things um, so th- th- I mean that's all I have today I mean we can talk about all kind of things still but I, I want to wrap this up because I didn't want you to leave without talking about Lazy Town the Lazy Town tour which I'm obsessed with those videos are hilarious um, but I don't want to go I, we don't have to go there um, no it's
1: fine no it's fine it's uh, that's the one part of my journey that I left out not because I no, hated it I noticed but it's uh, you know yeah long like a short 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 story i moved home i moved home after hot feet closed and i got a call that was like hey um so the girl juliana moriello who was stephanie on lazy town on the tv show was represented by nancy carson and that show filmed in iceland and so (laughs) she had spent years of her life in iceland and they were doing a tour in america and she wanted time off. She wanted time to be a kid. And so they had called Nancy and they were like, Do you have anybody? Wow. So a couple of us went and auditioned and I ended up getting it. So I flew to Iceland for a couple weeks, learned all about the role. I was 12, learned all about the role, learned all of the music, learned all the choreography. And then I did the Lazy Town tour for about <laughs> six months. And Funny enough, there are videos of me as Stephanie online. Um, oh, yeah. That was my dog that just snorted. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's
0: okay. And yes.
1: there's actually <laughs> a comment on one of the YouTube videos that literally verbatim says, You guys, this is in Hamilton now. I'm <gasps> screaming. <laughs> and I was just like, They found me. I was like, Oh. oh.
2: My word.
1: And you know it, the it's funny. I mean, like that that was also like an exceptional experience. Like yeah. I, my family and I went to Iceland and I got to do this awesome show and I got to tour and I, I, I had the best time. Yeah. But now it's like you don't really know me if you don't. But I'm not gonna tell you. It's not that I'm embarrassed, but I'm. It's not what I lead with. Right. And so. Nick Walker, who plays Aaron Burr on Broadway, we were mm. on the Phil- we were on the Philip tour together. One day, he came up to me and grabbed my shoulders, and I was like, "Hello," and he was like, "You're you're Stephanie?" Yeah. <laughs> o- on- 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 and I was like, "Yeah, um, yeah, yeah." On the on the live one, and he was like, "Oh my god." This changes everything like and literally from that point on like it was game over like I'm, i get lazy town texts oh yeah he's made me he's made me teach him the choreography uh God. it's just like it's like you know i feel like my friendships and relationships like take a step forward when someone is like wait because it's in my bios at, like yeah. i like i li- but like i don't I just like when people kind of are like wait you did that? <laughs> no,
0: I, I'm obsessed. Okay, like I, I remember growing up in love with Lazy Town. Like I oh that used to be the shuttle, you know? So I was like, when you saw when I saw that, because it said like Lazy Town, and I didn't like quite catch like I, I thought you were like on the TV show, and then I was like, oh, she did the live version of the national toy. Like, and so I was like, Oh my god, there has gotta be video somewhere. And I was like, oh my god, this is the best thing. Ever. You can
1: thank my mother for those videos. She uploaded Thank them you, like Pulido. she uploaded them like over 10 years ago and like just I, I mean she probably doesn't know the password to her youtube account anymore but they're just like up they're just up
0: yeah well thank you for not taking them down i, I no, seriously no, I, thank you on behalf of all the hamilton fans that are about to <laughs> check them out oh my god it's oh so god. good um but yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't kind of give everyone your social media so that they can wish you a happy belated birthday. First of all, um, <laughs> Thank you. And, and then of course to, to follow all of your incredible experiences that you may have after this. And then of course, during the experience of only gold. So what are your social medias? Give, give them away.
1: Uh, I think, I think um, <laughs> my Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at peanut Polino. Um, cause peanuts, my nickname it has been since I was, Aww. a baby. um, and that's just always stuck. So I, those are, those are, I think my usernames are all the same on all those three platforms.
0: Okay. Perfect.
1: Yeah. And that, that's that.
0: And we, and we'll <laughs> be able to follow you along and do all the crazy things. Yeah. You, also, you actually also have a podcast too. Don't you? I
1: do. My best friend and I, her name's Mia Jarakis.
0: Mia. Yes. Oh my God. She, legend.
1: Yes, she's, I mean, just the most talented and most wonderful person alive.
0: For those we, listening, you may know her as like the board belter girl.
1: So on TikTok. good.
0: Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So yes. good.
1: Yes, she is a literal legend, an icon, and a legend. Um, we have a podcast. It's called yeah. Roof Talk. And we started it during the pandemic, during the shutdown, because mm. we felt, number one, as though. Like we were just missing like sitting at happy hour and meeting people uh, and having fun conversations with people and getting to learn new things about people. And we also just uh, we used to sit and just like casually like, you know, have drinks together and we would always get in these very deep conversations. And I was just like, there has to be some young child out there somewhere that like would benefit from hearing what we're talking about as like 20 something women living in new york who are also musical theater people and actors and you know kind of just like navigating life so we started this podcast and it's called roof talk and we just have people on that we really respect from like a bunch of different areas of the world and like careers and stuff like that and we basically just talk about whatever they want there's no real prompt Um, We just kind of go where the conversation takes us. And our hope was that whoever was listening to the podcast felt like at any moment they could like join into a conversation. Um, And our last episode that we published was a year ago because uh, I was on tour and Mia is like a, she has a full-time corporate job. So we just kind of both got really busy. But our, our last episode was with Phil Colgan, Mm -hmm. who is not only was a male universal swing in Hamilton, but he is also a swing dance captain of only gold. Um, yes. So <laughs> Phil, Phil and I are very close, and Phil and Mia are very close. They went to college together. Oh. Um, and we are starting our podcast up soon.
2: No way. So,
1: yeah. It just like we had to take a brief hiatus because oh we were both so busy. But, um, Yeah, it'll start back up soon. So yeah, go follow that too.
0: (laughs) So follow all the things. That's how you catch up with Samantha and all the incredible adventures that she goes on next after taking a bow here on the podcast. Um, Samantha, I seriously, I can't thank you enough for for coming on here and and talking with me and and giving everyone uh, some entertainment for the week and kind of letting them into your life and your story and all the things it's been really cool to learn about. And, uh, I really enjoyed it and I'm sure they did too. So thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. It's been very fun.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. I'm so happy. Well, thank you again. And happy belated birthday. Thank you. Take a bow, Samantha Polino. Oh my God. What an episode. Okay, there is so much to be taken from this that wasn't even like directly talked about. Huge shout out to Nancy Carson, by the way. Nancy Carson is a huge talent agent here in New York for uh, both musical theater and film and TV, um, as you kind of know, because she obviously represented Samantha while she was on Broadway and Hot Feet. And then of course, the lazy town folks that were filming out in Iceland. Very exciting stuff. So, it's very interesting if you listen to Samantha's arc of her career and her journey in the industry, it's fascinating to to really listen back to how much she worked with the same people like Tom Kitt, Andy Blinkenbluer. I'm not even saying his name right. I'm sorry that I keep saying his name wrong. Um, then, then you had like Amber Ardolino. Like she got Amber Ardolino her first Broadway show because she brought her on to the cast of Head Over Heels because they were looking for another dancer that could do the whole like tilty leg crazy dancing type thing. And they were like, "Do you know of anyone?" And and then of course, like she was like, "Oh yeah, I just did Hamilton with this girl, Amber Artolino, and uh, she just finished her contract and all the things. And then they ended up hiring her and that's how she made her Broadway debut. So like, it's crazy to, to think back and just realize like this industry is so hard to break into, but once you break into it, it's kind of a beautiful thing. And it's, it's definitely an advantage. I have to say like to be blunt that you see the same people kind of working on Broadway and doing all the things because as Samantha mentioned, they can trust those people. Like Andy brings on people and uh, associates and, all dancers and all the things with people he knows that he can trust and that they know that they're going to be a a positive light in the collaborative effort of a piece and that they are a, a talent and, and all the things. So hearing all of that and kind of knowing the value of, Having those connections in the industry and being able to, to make friends and th- honestly, like that is what you kind of pay for to go to a musical theater college, like going to a highly esteemed college uh, for musical theater, such as like University of Michigan or uh, CCM where uh, Samantha went. Carnegie Mellon's a great one. Um, NYU is a popular one. So all of those things, like it's so important in, to even like go and take like a dance class or an acting class because you don't know who you're going to meet and like you don't know who they're going to become or if they're going to write a piece and they're going to remember you. Like it's crazy how small this community is and how important it is to really be able to kind of network yourself and be able to just, you know, go in every day and put your best effort up. Even if you can't give 100% that day, give your 70% that you can give. And and I think that was kind of like my biggest takeaway from this episode. And I wanted to highlight that because I don't think it was directly said, but uh, it was definitely implied a lot and kind of subtly made its way into the podcast. So I just wanted to really highlight that. So that's all I have for this week and and I really appreciate you all listening to this week's episode and I hope that you gained something from it because I really thought that this was a really educational uh, podcast but also very entertaining. Sam is a lovely speaker and a lovely storyteller so it was great to, to have her on and chat about Her career and be able to acknowledge all the incredible achievements that she's had in the industry. So once again, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to follow Sam on all the things and give her a little happy belated birthday message and all the things and send her your love and whatever it may be. But she is killing it. And I'm so thankful that she was able to come on. So that's this week's episode, episode 117. Thank you all for coming in and tuning in on a Friday. Um, because you know, It didn't work out Thursday, but uh, I appreciate you all coming in and listening on a Friday and hope you go check out Only Gold and follow that journey because it's going to be sick. And uh, that's all I have. So with that being said, stay well, and I hope to see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week.
2: For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Bernstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take the bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com tab.